0: Welcome to the Global Connection at Tel Aviv University Podcast. Journey with us as we discover how TAU's academic community and friends are engaging with and helping to shape this ever-changing world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Global Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anna Sujeki, and today I'm joined by two university professors from the Department of Theatre Arts at Tel Aviv University, and they are launching an exciting new project with the University of Cologne, Uh, specifically the School of Theatre and Media Culture, chaired by Professor Peter Marks. So the two lovely individuals I have um, with me today are Dr. Sharon Eronson-Lahavi, whose research focuses on the late medieval and modern periods in theatre, with a specific focus on ritual research um, and and pertaining to theatre. So I've been told she has a brand new book out, uh, Performing Religion on the Secular Stage. And she has also published a number of other books, including Street Scenes, Late Medieval Acting and Performance, Gender and Feminism in Modern Theater, and Biblical Theater in Israel, Identities and Otherness. And I'm also joined by Dr. Ruthie Abeliovich, who works here um, at TAU on uh, Jewish Theater and Performance popular culture and theater history. Uh, Ruthie is the author of Possessed Voices, Oral Remains from Modernist Hebrew Theater, and the co-editor of A Stage of Their Own, Seven American Feminist Plays, as well as Borderlines, Essays on Maps, and the Logic of Place. So welcome to you both. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. So part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you today is about this very exciting new international project uh, with the University of Cologne. So before we get off and, and start having a conversation in other directions, I thought I'd take this moment to introduce the project. And if you both wanted to talk about it a little bit more, that, that would be wonderful. Okay, so I'll start. Um, so curate, the project
1: is titled Curating Theatre Histories. And um, the main idea is to offer new methodologies for researching theater historiography by activating, working, displaying, making theatrical archival materials accessible to researchers and also to the public. So this is the Curating Theater and Histories um, title of the project. Um, The nature of theater arts is that um, we don't have the actual theater performance once it's passed. Um, Usually we speak about the ephemerality of theatrical performances, and mostly, although not only, but mostly people maybe tend to think about what do we have, what kinds of remains do we have of theater performances, and people are often usually used to think about the written plays, the scripts, which we do have. But in theater archives, and I'll hand it over to Ruti in a moment, but in theater archives such as the one we have here at Tel Aviv University, which is the largest theater archive of Israeli and Hebrew theater, and um, the Theater Wissenschaftliche Sammlung at the University of Cologne, which is the biggest theater archive of the German-speaking area, there are numerous kinds of artifacts that are related to the theater, which are not only definitely not only the, the scripts of the plays, but many other um, remains and artifacts that are related to production history. So just one more sentence. I'll just say that our vector, our methodology is to look at theater performances, the, the productions and their cultural resonance in both Israeli and German contexts by Um, looking in new ways, um, new methodologies at theatrical artifacts in the archives. Thank you, Sharon. Um, So this
2: is a project that brings together three theater historians that have very different focus in terms of historical scope. I'm a historian of Jewish theater, modern Jewish theater. Sharon does the medieval theater mostly, and Peter Marx uh, does the early modern theater. So the focus of this project is really to, as Sharon said, to examine uh, various methodologies. And one of the things that this project is also supposed to do is basically to bring together two prominent theater archives, the theater archive here, the Israeli Center for the do- Documentation of Performing Arts. That uh, documents Jewish and Israeli theater, and the Theater Wissenschaftsammlung in, um, in Cologne. Um, that is a very that is basically the most extensive theater archive in the German-speaking um, uh, lands.
0: Okay, I so I have to ask because you mentioned well, you work on medieval, which you know goes back to. 1300s and 1400s, um, and Peter is in early modern, and then Ruthie, you do more modern. How extensive are these archives? Like, are they going back to to when? So,
1: So first of all, I should say that the three of us, as theater scholars often do, as theater often does, also work on contemporary theater. Both of us work on Israeli theater. And um, this project, in that sense, is much more modern in its um, interests, although questions of theatricality go back another. Um, so the, the theater archive in, in Germany, they have, I think, things from the 16th century, maybe even earlier. And naturally, the Israeli theater archive has its oldest um, um, objects are from the late 19th century. I think something like that, which, of course, makes a lot of sense. But um, focusing now on the project. Um, we are looking comparatively I guess um, at questions that surround the 20th century Mm -hmm. in a comparative um, discussion between um, German and Israeli theater which has its own um, you know larger questions that come onto the table but what I do want to say is something that is um, important about again theater studies and its multiplicity of timelines etc so one of the basic features of theater arts, unlike other arts, is that plays might have been written 500 years ago, but are still produced in contemporary theater. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, one of, the th- one of the plays we started discussing comparatively or looking at comparatively is Shakespeare's The Midsummer Night's Dream, which is, of course, um, late uh, 16th century. But it has, it has been produced ever since in numerous ways all over the world, but also in Israel and in Germany, different numbers, different plays, different interpretations. One of the basic features of the art of theater, when you speak of conventional theater, that is taking a play and turning it into a production, because there are other productions as well, is that the play um, has been written there and then, mm-hmm. but it is performed here and now.
0: Okay. okay. So
1: these okay. Trans-cultural, transcultural movements um, are, are part of the research project.
0: Right. Um, so you're going to be focusing on A Midsummer Night's Dream. And um, so that choice, I can imagine that's a play that, especially when you think about Shakespeare versus some of her more obscure playwrights, it's probably been performed so many times. So what was that the, the main decision behind it like it's a really good object to study in that way so i think our bind the the binding pro,
2: the binding concept that we chose uh, around the idea of curating theater histories is the idea of dreaming mm-hmm. and dreaming also in the german and israeli context um, is a very complex and also very sort of profound concept that we can talk about national, transnational, and also social imaginations, and how they changed and how we can see them through theater as a sort of
0: reflection of what's going on in our society. Okay, okay. From what I remember, so yes, yeah, so I mean, it's called A Midsummer Night's Dream. There's a dream, a major dream sequence. We have uh, four lovers and a troupe of actors who go out one night into a forest and it's sort of this fantastical occurrence of events, series of events that take place. So when you're staging that, and maybe this is a question for Ruthie, um, um, yeah, how does, tell me a little bit more about that richness of staging a dream and what it might mean culturally in different contexts. So I think we're looking at a dream
2: um, in the theater in in various uh, from various aspects. We're looking at the representation of dream in the theater. How is the dream represented? Is it a play within a play? Is it a, a sort of a, a sort of um, a vision that is sort of outside of the fictional world or does it does it sort of transpire within the fictional world? But we're also looking at the theater as a dreaming apparatus, as a way for a society or for a certain culture to dream and sort of to mark
0: its, its destinations. Okay. So if we're talking about a whole society dreaming, then like are there aspects of nationalism that you can trace through a dream sequence or are they dreams of a certain culture Um do you have any idea yet, sort of so,
1: going to, into it? The project is really at its initial stages. And um, one of the things that's very important to us is um, the opportunity for graduate students from both universities to collaborate, to come together, to think together about these questions. Um, we started with a, a meeting about A Midsummer Night's Dream and brought together set designs um, from German productions of A Midsummer Night's Dream over the 20th century and Israeli set designs, stage maquettes, drawing designs, these are some of the kinds of the artifacts we have in the archive. But um, we're, we're also going to be looking at other plays that specifically deal with dreams, such as uh, August Trimberg's a Dream Play, okay. um, Richard Bird Hoffman's um, uh, Jacob's Traum, Jacob's dreams. So there you have the entire question, for example, or the beginning of a question of staging, biblical scenes, biblical dreams, One of the reasons we chose the the subject of dream is, first of all, as Ruti said, it's not only about, you know, staging a dream or using a dream as a metaphor. But I think it's important to reiterate this. The theater itself, when people come together into the theater, what do they actually do there? Um, A dream, by the way, is not always, you know, a beautiful dream. It can be a nightmare, too. But um, they think together through images, through metaphors. So theater, if we speak about it a bit more kind of seriously than often is done, is a metaphorical thinking mechanism where communities, societies come together to think through images. So actually working on plays that focus on dreams or use dream as a subject or as a metaphor is kind of a meta-theatrical activity in this project. So we will definitely, or we do definitely, and this is, this depends a lot on what the students also bring onto the table when they meet and when they work together and when they collaborate between the two cultures. Um, How do cultures think, conceive themselves, think about themselves, conceptualize themselves, dream about themselves? So there is this um, continuum between, on the one hand, the very, very disciplinary questions Mm
0: -hmm.
1: of creating a performance in which a dream is a subject, And the ways these classical plays are interpreted in different cultures, mm-hmm. which does not necessarily have to be only German or Israeli, but it's basically a much right. wider question. Right. Um, but at the same time, more, I would say, concrete social, political, sociological, cultural um, understandings of the concept of dream and the way the theater takes part mm-hmm. in shaping but also reflecting those moments or whatever moments we will be, um,
0: um, working on. Um, right. I, and I think what's really interesting to me too, is, you know, if we conceive of theater and a play as a sort of dream in itself, it's, it really is a collective dream. It's a dream of the actors and the theater producers. And then it's also kind of a dream that's welcoming, welcoming in the audience as well. Um, so, when you're looking at these archives, can you tell something about both, like all of these different players? Um, How do you sort of start to look at an archive and dissect it and understand it?
2: So I think this brings us back to what Shalon started with the ephemerality of the theatrical experience and the fact that we need to um, reconstruct and sort of bring together various sorts of of, of artifacts. Uh, of remains from the theatrical performance in order to to first understand what happened in the theater house and what happened to the audience, and what happened to the actors and to the creators in a certain performance. Um, and this requires from the theater historians to work with various sorts of media, um, with paintings, with uh, drawings of scenery, with directing books, with prompting notebooks, um, with sound recordings, with video um documentations, uh, with various visualizations of the stage with the, so, so there's a lot of story, there's a lot of historical work that needs to be done there in order to understand that. And this is basically what we hope to do uh, with the students to sort of try to recreate and to understand um, what sort of dream and how uh, these were, these were staged um, um, in
1: okay. certain performances. Okay. I'd I'd also like to add to that that, um, of course, this is something that theater historians do. They go into archives and they find the materials and and write the histories, but one of the things um, we are thinking of is that there are um, many new kinds of digital possibilities now um, to bring together, to represent, and to communicate these materials to wider audiences. So maybe we cannot have the quote-unquote, original performance, <coughs> even if we speak about a certain production, there is no one original performance because it might have performed on different evenings, in different places, different venues, different contexts. So it's a much wider phenomenon um, than you know this idea of an ideal one performance. But if we bring together every, everything we've been speaking of, the importance of understanding the role of the theater within a society at a given time and place, and the comparative possibilities of looking at the ways at at a given moment, two cultures looked, for instance, at a similar play. Mm -hmm. We can study and also communicate not only questions of aesthetics and genres and performative genres and designs and um, acting methods and language and translation. I mean, there are so many aspects that go into each theater performance um, but we will be able, hopefully, to um, make the sense of what a theater performance is more um, accessible. So so what I'm saying is that we will be working on the subject, on the theme, on the historiography, on working with the archives, but also on methodological questions um, of, of curating. Okay. Um,
0: have you, have you thought about some of those questions already? Like what are, what are the, so methodology um, is sort of the, the way we think about curation, the way we go about curation. So what are some of the big questions you have in your mind that you're hoping to take to so this project?
2: That one of the things that we talked uh, also with Peter, of course, when, when we formulated this project is the question, um, who does theater history belong to? Does it belong to the public? Does it belong to the archives? Does it belong to the creators? Um, and one of the one of the one of one of the main, I think, uh, goals that we have in this project is to make, is to open up the 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 archive and to activate it and to sort of bring it back to the public that basically made it. Um, So I think this is maybe sort of the future aspect of this historical um, project. Uh, As Sharon said, we have today many digital possibilities for making these materials accessible, um, for opening up the archives and for sort of uh, showing the public uh, all these treasures, and and also of reminding uh, the public um, their sort of histories of dreaming through the theatre.
0: Um, so there's this wonderful sort of initiative that will happen in terms of using this project to bring the public in a little bit more, potentially through digital means. Um, what about future plays? Is that in the back of your mind at all? Like, is, is there something we can learn about the archives that maybe could influence it, the way we um, perform these productions in the future? Have to think about that one. Yeah. Um
1: I'll say I mentioned it briefly before but I will say that um theater in general especially again when you work with plays that are reenacted and represented and reperformed I mean we all we all most especially with classical plays we go into the theater and and we know what the story is going to be there mm-hmm. hardly ever surprises there
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I think the answer is yes in two ways. The first would be that um, having documented these histories will now become part of these plays' histories in the local context that you know creators might look into these projects, might learn from it, might refer to it, um, bringing them together saying, you know, this is what happened. Um, around, let's say, the subject of a dream in a, in a given place and time. But also there are um, important pedagogical potentials here
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, for students, um, maybe for um, high school students as well, um, that are able to document their own productions in ways that are not only um, the, the written script, but rather a much more holistic vision of a theater production, a visualization of a theater production. So um, today, of course, we can film, document theater performances. This is something that's, you know, um, available basically only about, I don't know, 50, 60 years before that. This is why we say it's ephemeral. We Mm -hmm. don't have the actual theater performance. So maybe um, it will inspire also, I mean, this question of documentation, curation might inspire future documentation of contemporary performances. How do you tell what a
0: theater performance is, okay. how it looked, so. Okay, okay. Um, well, and that, that's kind of an interesting question too. How do you tell what a theater performance is? I feel like sounds like a simple question, but it's probably something pretty complex too. Um, so if you were to both try at that, what what would you say a theater performance is? I, I'm
1: willing to say something because it just continues further, the, the former thought. It's a very complex question because mm-hmm. w- exactly, where do you start? Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. you start with the and and we have histories of that as well. Do you start with the playwright? Do you start with the theater director? Do you start with the art- actors? Do you start with the designers? Do you start with all the production staff behind? Do You look at the performance from the perspective of the audience, from the perspective of the creators. Um, this multi um, what's the word I don't know mul- like um, rounded multifaceted um, perspective is. Um, inherent to live art which is the theater and as we're we're trying to say and we're trying to show especially when you have multiple performances of the same production and then multiple performances of the same play and this question of hermeneutics and interpretation and um, what do you want to say so it's it's a very complicated question which is what we are trying to answer and at least enable um, scholars um, to start thinking about or to continue thinking about theater in, the, in those ways mm-hmm. that there is no easy one way into it mm-hmm. okay. and I think you you often say that you know when we go into the archive it's not organized it's not ready it's in, it, you want to say something about that? It's in boxes. It's. it's <laughs> of course, I mean, you, you need to delve into these
2: boxes and you need to sort of pick pick things up and you need to sew them together and you need to understand how the various media work mm-hmm. with each other,
0: mm-hmm. uh, how
2: they communicate with, with each other. But I, w- I wanted to say another thing about what you said, Sean, is that I think one of the important aspects of a theatre production and also of our project is the collaborative um aspect of it yeah so um here we're working together israeli and german uh researchers um to understand comparatively um but also methodologically and and thematically uh the concept of dream in the theater and of course we have um the curational endeavor which is another methodological challenge um, but I think this is also, um, this also um, maybe communicates or resonates with um, creation processes that we can sort of track uh, from the theater archive uh, in order to understand how they work together. Uh, how do designers, playwrights, directors and actors come together and work together? What sort of social formations, what sorts of, sort of hierarchies, how, how do people create together?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And you're working with these two amazing archives, one here at Tel Aviv University, one here at the University of Cologne. Uh, I know it's early days, you haven't even really begun the project yet, but are you thinking about something even bigger, expanding to other archives in other countries? Um, Could that be on the horizon? So
1: on the horizon for sure and it's and it's really an early stage to speak about uh, concretely about this project but one of the things that are happening more and more and more and more of course are um, again networks between um, archives, libraries, I- information. This is part of the digital revolution and the um, we can go also into that, of course, seeing an object online is differently than seeing the real object in an archive, the physical object, so these are things we're also thinking about. But, of course, um, the potential is is much wider in, in many contexts, in, in global contexts, actually. Um, I, I briefly mentioned it before, so questions of translation of language. Mm-hmm. of um, it, it goes into so many directions. Um, in that sense, the vector of what's known or, or as classical drama is useful because you have an anchor that it helps kind of a comparative methodology. Uh, you have a, a strong anchor against which you can...
0: Right. It, it, it's been a play from. translated into different languages performed all around the world, and it, it, it's that anchor because it's the same play, and, but and different versions. And for the same play, you have many translations. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> So I, I have one final question for both of you, which would be, if you could choose a favorite dream sequence play um, and and production of it. So whether it's a Midsummer Night's Dream, whether it's another one, uh, yeah, what what which one do you absolutely love?
1: Um, haven't thought of that one. Um, do you want me to start?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm working with my research in another research uh, in another research project. I'm working on Joseph Latiner's uh, play Der Dibek um, from 1880, and there is a beautiful uh, scene there of a dream of a grandmother um, that sort of understands that her conservative um, regulations for her granddaughters are um, basically um, killing. Her granddaughter, um, especially, um, especially the fact that she doesn't want her granddaughter to marry the man she loves, and she sort of dreams, and she dreams herself in hell. And this is a sort of a very beautiful scene, um, in which um, the grandmother, on the one hand, understands, um, sort of understands, and and sort of uh, recognizes um, um, that she needs to sort of change her ways. Um, but on the stage, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, um, sort of, there's a very interesting realis- realization of this scene because, um, it's a play within a play and it has, um, all these potentials to make it, um, uh, a sort of, um, a sort of prank that her, that, that the figures that appear inside her dream, uh, sort of play on the stage. So there are sort of, Various um, levels of reality in this
0: scene. So I think that's okay. that would be my one. Okay, thank you. Sharon, have you been able to think of one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had a few running through my mind.
1: Um, that's a cliche, but I do think that Titania and um, Bottom the Weaver in A Midsummer Night's Dream is an ultimate dream scene in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, I've been recently in this new book working on Adrienne Kennedy's Mother 2000. She's a very important um, American um, um, black playwright. Um, And I guess I can think of many more, but we'll leave it to that.
0: Okay, (laughs) All right. And hopefully more will come through the archive too. Um, Congratulations on a really exciting project and thank you very much both to to Shadon and Ruthie for for joining me here today. Thank Thank you. you so much. Thank
1: you.